<laughs> Praise the Lord. How many are excited to be here today? Amen. You know, I tell you, it's a, it is an honor to stand before you as your pastor. I believe in Jesus' name that God has a word for you today. I trust that it will bless you as much as it's blessed me as I've studied and prepared this message. I believe that Lord, uh, our God has us on this. I mean, he's had us on this for a long time. I talked to my daughter, Brooke, yesterday, and she said, what are you doing, Dad? Oh, I'm studying. She said, are you still on that message? What manner of man is this? And I said, yes, I'm still on that message. This is part 40. Part 40. If you would have told me back when I started on this message that I would be on part 40, I would have laughed at you. Even though sometimes I do go a little bit long on messages, I have to admit this is the longest by far. Well over a year of messages um, that we've been ministering. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I know some people are saying, well, there's 52 weeks in a year, and this is only part 40. How could it be over a year? Because there are some services where either we did something different, we flowed with the Spirit of God in a different direction, somebody else was preaching, we stopped and we ministered along some other lines. But the bottom line is, I believe that this is something God wants us to hear. In this day and in this hour, we have got to come to the realization that whatever the Lord is leading, whatever he leads me to minister on is for your benefit. I trust that you believe that I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit. And that when I come up here, I'm not just up here to fulfill my own plans. Because if that's the case, you're coming to the wrong church. And I'm, keeping, I'm being real. We've got to approach every service as if I'm going to hear what I need to hear for that service that day, and I'm going to get everything God has for me. Amen. And my heart has been and will always be to be more like Jesus. If you don't have that as your number one desire, then it needs to become your number one desire. Amen. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we're called to be like Jesus. And so trying to find out, or, or by the Spirit of God, finding out what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth, can you see the importance of this study? I mean, as his followers, as Christians, do you not think we need to learn how to pray? That we need to learn how to walk in love always. That we need to learn how to operate in divine authority. That we need to learn to be found faithful. And that we need to learn to handle the, the challenges and the sufferings that we will face in this life, just like Jesus did. And, and last week, we began to talk about what I believe that the Lord had me when I first, literally when I first started this message, I thought this was going to be the direction I was going to go talk about first. And here it is over a year later, and now I'm just getting to it. And that's talking about going through the different individual cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus so that we can see how Jesus ministered healing to others and see how we can receive that healing for ourselves and so that we can turn around and minister that healing to others. Amen. Oh, I want this in my life. Amen. I want to do things just like Jesus Christ. And if that's not you, you need to get yourself stirred up to do it just like Jesus. Because why would you be a Christian? What, I mean, see how I'm saying that? You should have that desire to be more like Jesus. Every one of you should want to be more like Jesus. Every one of you should be more like Jesus. Every one of you should be more like Jesus. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you should see Jesus. Because you're looking at Jesus through your eyes. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Jesus is in you. Glory to God. We should want to be more like him. Wherever we go, people should see Jesus. Wherever we walk into a room, the room should light up. Why? Because Jesus just showed up. Because you just showed up. I want to be more like him. I want to pray more like Jesus. I want to love more like you know, I was saying this the other day to him. I said, Lord, I want to see myself the way you see me. I know that's a, it might sound almost prideful in saying something like that, but it's not. Because sometimes I struggle to love myself. Has anybody ever been like that before? You deal with things and you get condemned by the enemy. It's not God, it's the enemy. And, and he starts to get on you, you know, and feed you these little thoughts and stuff like that. And it's like you've got to stop that in Jesus' name and start to see yourself the way God sees you. Amen. Love yourself the way he loves you. And then you can turn around and love others with his love. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Well, that was all for free this morning. But go with me this morning to Mark chapter 1. And we are going to continue to talk about healing, the way Jesus healed, the way Jesus ministered healing. And how we can receive it into our own lives and how we can minister to others. I want to remind you of some things I brought out last week. And I want to reiterate those things to you because these are some very powerful revelations. If you're taking notes, you should write these down. If you're not writing these down, I, you know, you got, does everybody still have a good old Bible? I know a lot of times people have uh, iPhones or iPads or something like that. And that's cool. I know we're a, a modern, the modern technology and stuff like that. But what I'm trying to say is, you need to get your Bible and you need to mark it up. And you need to write certain things down in your Bible. When a revelation comes to you, you need to write it down in your Bible. And if it's something that really ministers to your heart, you need to write it down in your Bible. Why? Because then you can go back and read it again. And keep it before you and let the Holy Spirit to minister to you over and over and over again. And it's going to help you in being more like Jesus. Hello? And so one of the things I brought out last week is whatever we see Jesus doing and whatever we see Jesus saying in the gospel accounts is a direct revelation of the will of God for all men for all time. Did you hear that? Whatever we see Jesus doing, whatever we see Jesus saying is a direct revelation of the will of God for all men for all time. In other words, if he healed someone or he delivered someone or he provided for some people, listen, he was demonstrating God's will for you and me. A lot of people don't think that way. A lot of people don't believe that that's true. But I'm here to tell you it is true. How do I know it's true? Because God's will doesn't change. God's will doesn't change. Mm, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Everything Jesus did was a direct revelation of the will of God for us. Amen. I also mentioned last week that the Bible tells us that God shows personal favoritism to no man. So when we read the Bible, and in that Bible we read that an individual came to Jesus for healing and left healed, what does that mean to you and me? Because God doesn't play favoritism, that means that when we come to Jesus to be healed, we'll leave from the presence of Jesus healed. 
Did you get that? It will never happen. It will absolutely never happen where you go to Jesus to be healed and he will look at you and say, I'm sorry, I can't heal you because it's not the will of the Father for you to be healed. And you look at Jesus, but Jesus, you healed that person. And Jesus will look at you and say, I know, but that person's my favorite. I don't like you, so you're not going to get your healing. Do you, could you imagine that happening? Could you imagine out of the multitudes of people that came and were healed that you finally walk up, I got a little boo-boo on my finger here, Jesus. Could you heal it for me? Nope, can't do that. Can't heal you. The Father, God told me he doesn't like you. He doesn't like the way you came out of your mother's womb. He doesn't like the color of your hair. He doesn't like the color of your skin. He doesn't like anything about you, and you ain't getting it. That's just so stupid, isn't it? I mean, it just doesn't even compute in my head how people come up with these really stupid thoughts. Amen. It's just stupidity gone to seed. Isn't it? Thank you, Riley. Hallelujah. So if we see Jesus healing in the gospel accounts, what is he demonstrating to you and me? The unchanging will of God for all men for all time. Now, see, right there is something to shout about, but I don't see many of you shouting it. Whenever someone came to Jesus, he was demonstrating to us, for healing, he was demonstrating to us what God's will, that unchanging will is for all time. It is God's will for us. Plus, didn't we see in the Bible, and have you not read in the Bible that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Which means if he healed then, he's still healing today. Who are you to tell me that Jesus isn't the same anymore? Who are you to tell me that God doesn't need to do those things anymore? Because we've gotten the written Bible. That's just stupidity gone to seed. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean toward other people. But there isn't, I mean, why? Who are you to change what God has said in his word? Who are you to change the will of God? It should never be, that should never even be a thought. God, if I see it in your word, and your word is forever settled in heaven, if I see it in here, that means it's for me today. Because this doesn't change. Which means your will doesn't change. Glory to God. So you see how having that understanding in your head and in your heart will change the way you read your Bible? Oh my goodness, that person came to Jesus for healing and they left healed. And, 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 and glory to God, that's, that's, that was showing me what God's will is. Thank you, Jesus. I'm getting myself happy. Of course, I know where I'm going. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. It says this, now a leper... Dr. Luke said in his account, Luke's account, that this man was a man full of leprosy. I don't know how to describe what this person probably looked like. As probably most of you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Braveheart. In the movie Braveheart, one of the individual's father had leprosy. And just, just a... Um, how he went, got from the place where he was to the place where he finally died, this, this guy, 
I mean, it was a great depiction of someone who has that horrible disease. And that's something, again, I don't think we fully comprehend or understand. How someone could have something so horrendous, so awful, that, that, that not only did they uh, uh, have to deal with the sickness and the disease of leprosy, but they were ostracized. They were separated from humanity. They weren't allowed to go around other people. And, and, and if they happened to see anybody, they had to yell out, unclean, I'm unclean. Could you imagine living your life that way? Whenever you saw somebody, it's basically saying, I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. That's why I don't like that AA. That's one of the reasons I don't like Alcoholics Anonymous. You're sitting there and you're confessing the negative instead of confessing God's word. Are you hearing me? I used to be an alcoholic, but I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ, and I'm free from alcohol. Hallelujah! I'm not a druggie. I used to be a druggie, but I'm not a druggie anymore. I'm a clean man of God. Hallelujah. Drugs don't have a hold on me. I'm a free man in Christ, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, praise you, Jesus. I'm getting happy. So a leper came to him. Now, how many know that when you're dealing with a sickness or a disease, the one person you should want to come to is Jesus? And can I say something to you? Waiting to see if anybody would say no. But okay. Can I make this statement to you? There are people. I'm going to turn around. so that anybody, Well, I guess it, you're here, so it wouldn't fit you, would it? There are people who do not show up to church because they're not feeling well. They might be dealing with the flu. They might be dealing with a cold. They might have been throwing up. I don't know what it was. Whatever. People say, make the choice not to come to church because they're not feeling well. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you not want to go to church where Jesus is? Again, I understand Jesus is with us 24-7. But do you understand what happens when a church body comes together? There's a corporate anointing in that place. And many times, if you come to church, the Spirit of God will get to moving in a certain direction and have me as your pastor or somebody else in here lay hands on you for you to be healed. And even if it doesn't go that direction in a service, you can always come up to us and ask us to pray for you. Are you understand how I'm saying this? I'm not trying to condemn people because they haven't come before when they weren't feeling well. My point is, we want to come to where Jesus is. And if we're together in his name, in unity, unified together, there's a powerful anointing there. See how I'm saying that? Anyway, that was all for free. Praise the Lord. I tell you, we want to come to where Jesus is, amen? Just like this leper did. And so he came imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, if you are willing You can make me clean. Now, one of the things I want you to see here is that when this man came to Jesus and knelt down to him, what was he demonstrating to the Lord? Humility. Kneeling down before Jesus was an act of humility. Now, why is that so important for us to understand? Now, listen, why is it so important? To always come into the presence humble. 
Yes, we come confidently before him. Yes, we're called to go boldly into the throne room of God. But we need to always remain humble in his presence. Amen? Because listen to this. Humility will draw God to you. Pride will drive God away from you. Did you hear what I just said? In other words, pride will hinder you from being able to receive anything from the Lord but humility will position puts you in a position to receive anything from the Lord. Did you get that? First Peter 5 5 says this God resists the proud, but gives grace to the hearer. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the hearer. How many want to be resisted by God? I know I don't. I want to receive all that He has for me. And the way I'm going to receive all that he has for me is for me to come into his presence humbly. In an act of humility. Amen. So, where are we at? So this man, full of leprosy, comes to Jesus. He humbles himself before him and then he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now another thing I mentioned last week that I believe is important to bring out once again here. And that is that most of the miracles... And the signs and the wonders and the healings that took place in the ministry of Jesus are not recorded in the Bible. Remember in the Bible, in the Gospel of John, John made the declaration, the last verse of that that Gospel, he said, if all that Jesus did was written down in books, the world wouldn't be big enough to contain all the books. What does that mean to you and me? That means that every case that's in the Bible, every healing uh, uh, account, that's in the Bible, was handpicked by the Holy Spirit for you and me. It's in there so that we can get a direct revelation of the will of God for all men for all time. Amen. And so, why do you believe that this particular account of healing of the leper is in the Bible? I firmly believe it's in there. Because here is the very question so many Christians are asking today. Lord, are you willing? I know you can heal me, but is it your will for me to be healed? How many know that's true? And guess what? Anytime a person lacks knowledge of God's will to heal, or anything else for that matter, and so they pray, Lord, heal me if it be thy will, they're not praying in faith. I said, they're not praying in faith. In other words, when the word if is included in the prayer of faith, then that prayer is not a prayer of faith. And thus, because it's not a prayer of faith, they're not going to get what they came for. Know this. Anytime the word if is in the prayer of faith, if is the badge or the, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's the... um, yeah, the badge of doubt. It's the badge of doubt. You don't know if it is the will of God, so you throw that if on there, if it be your will. You've heard me say this over and over and over again, where faith is concerned. Faith only begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know what God's will is, then you need to find out what God's will is before you can ever step out and pray the prayer of faith. And the only way you're going to find out what the will of God is, is to get in this holy written word. Because this word is his will. Amen. 
But once you know what his will is, that's the moment you enter into real Bible faith. And that's the moment you can step out and release your faith to receive whatever it is you're looking for. Whether it be healing, deliverance, or whatever else. Amen. So, is it important for us to know what the will of God is? Oh, it's a huge thing to know, friends. Once you know what the will of God is, it just puts something in you. It makes you so confident. And you're not going to ever pray if it be your, your will. That's just not going to come off of your lips. So I believe that this account of the healing of the leper is in the Bible, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because we're going to see how Jesus answers the question posed by so many Christians today. Lord, I know you can heal me, but I don't know if it is your will for, to, for you to hear me, me, to heal me. In other words, since everything Jesus said and everything Jesus did was a demonstration of the will of God for all men for all time. We're going to see what God's will is in regards to healing by Jesus' response to this man full of leprosy. You're with me on this. Now, before we look at Jesus' response, let me ask you a question. When this man came to Jesus and he shows up and kneels before him, was he operating in faith at that time? Kind of one of those trick questions, actually. Nobody's even answering. Everybody's just sitting back there. I ain't opening my mouth up. Was this man in faith? Yeah, he was. He came to Jesus and notice what he said to him. You can make me clean. He had faith in Jesus' ability to heal. He knew Jesus could heal him. Question. Did he get healed with just having faith in God's ability to heal? Did he get his faith? Did he get his healing just with that faith? No. No, no, no. He did not. I know there were a lot of yeses there, so don't feel bad. He didn't get it with just that. What happens? No, listen. If we're going to receive anything from the Lord, whether it's healing, or provision, or deliverance, or whatever, we're going we're gonna to not only have to have faith in God's ability to heal us, we also have to have faith in God's willingness to heal us. See how I'm saying that? And again, faith only begins where the will of God is known. So in order to receive healing or anything else, then we need to know what God's will is for us concerning those things. Again, where do we find out where the will of God is? In the Bible. In the Bible. Amen. So this leper was convinced Jesus could heal him, but he didn't know if Jesus would heal him. Uh, And again, this is where so many Christians are today. They believe that Jesus has the power to heal them, but they're not convinced that he will do it for them. And friends, listen to me. It doesn't matter how much ability or power somebody has to heal as in the case of God, if you're not convinced that he will use that ability for you, you can't have faith to receive your healing. You're going to always be wondering, I wonder if it's God's will for me. I don't know if it's God's will for me. Can you see the importance of us knowing what the will of the Lord is? You know, the Bible says not to be ignorant, but to know what the will of the Lord is. Not to be ignorant, but to know what the will of the Lord is. Not to be ignorant, but to know what the will of the Lord is. 
We're supposed to know what the will of the Lord is. And, and so once we know what his will is, once again, we slide over from not being in faith to being in faith. And, 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 and that means for whatever, not just for healing, but in any case, you've got to know what God's will is. Now, let's read this again. Verse 40, now a leper came to him imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, notice what Jesus' answer is. I love this. Then Jesus moved with compassion. From the innermost of his being, he's being moved. He stretched out his hand and he touched this man that everybody else was telling saying was unclean i'm sure this guy looked horrible and it probably had some deformities and his skin was probably falling off and it looked nasty it probably smelt really bad jesus moved with compassion stretched out his hand and said to him i am willing be cleansed now if that don't get you excited i don't know what will Jesus is answering that question posed by so many Christians today. Lord, are you willing to heal me? How does Jesus reply to this leper? Glory to God, and by so doing, demonstrate to us the unchanging will of God for all time, for all men. What does Jesus say? I am willing. I am willing. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. Those words from the master's lip trump all those religious thoughts out there. Those words from the master's lip trump all the traditions of man out there. Though, glory to God, I am willing. I am willing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I am willing. I'm going to show you what God's will is right now, Mr. Leper. They never told us what his name was. I'm going to tell you what, what, what God's will is. I am willing. I'm going to stretch my hand out and I'm going to touch you. In Jesus' name you be healed. That's the will of God. For all men. For all time. Glory to God. This should get us so stirred up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, I want to cry, I want to shout, I want to run. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. Oh, thank you, Lord, for putting this in the Bible. Because he knew that people were going to be dealing with that question. I know you can heal me. I just don't know if it's your will for me to be healed. I'm willing. Woo! I'm willing. What do you think that did? To, what do you think that did to that leper? He came in faith in Jesus' ability to heal. He didn't know if it was his will for him to be healed. But Jesus looked at him and stretched out his hand and touched him and said, "I am willing." What do you think happened in the inside of that leper? Do you think that leper started to go, "Glory to God! Glory to God! Touch me up!" See. I believe what happened is when Jesus stretched out his hand and touched that leper and said, I am willing to be cleansed. Boy, the faith of that leper got activated. Breathing. I believe that I believe that the faith inside that leper just went boosh. And he that he when Jesus touched him, the healing virtue of God flowed into him. And glory to God. 
he got what he came for. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We're talking about a man that had been ostracized. We're talking about a man who had been rejected. Probably by family, by friends, by everybody. Couldn't work a job. Couldn't just fellowship with other people. And all it took was coming to Jesus. Knowing that he could do it. Finding out that he would do it. Glory to God. Woo, let's find out what happens here. Thank you, Jesus. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing to be cleansed. Whew, verse 42, as soon as he had spoken, immediately. I see it. Immediately, the leprosy left him. and He was cleansed. The very moment Jesus touched him and said, I am willing. He cleansed. The faith of the leper was activated. And he got what he came for. He was cleansed. Something happens on the inside of us. Something big happens on the inside of us. When we get the revelation that my God, the all-powerful one, can heal us. But also knowing without a shadow of a doubt, because I'm loved by him, he wills for me to have it. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo! Ooh. I'm telling you, that's a faith. That's a faith. That, that's a faith that will get you the promises of God every single time. You'll be positioned to receive whatever it is that God has for you. Healing, deliverance, finances, anything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In closing, I want to say something about the healing power of God. And about the words immediately. The leprosy left him and he was cleansed. First of all, many times when you are prayed for, you pray for somebody else or for yourself. You or the person you're praying for, now get this, may be unaware that healing virtue went into you or them. You hear what I just said? In other words... There are no feelings involved. But how many know that's not a bad thing? We're called to live by faith and not by sight, not by how we feel. Now, there will be instances where I'll pray for somebody. I can sense something flowing out of me into them. But probably the majority of the time I pray for people, I don't feel anything. But I believe. I firmly believe that when I'm praying for somebody and I lay my hands on them, something's going in them. Something's going in them to activate that healing power. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So we're called to live by faith and not by sight. And as long as we believe that we receive it when we're prayed for, and as long as we continue to stand and believe, until we, and if we continue to stand no matter how long it takes, no matter what else happens, even if we get worse, we're going to keep standing. And you will get the manifestation of what you're believing God for. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And as far as, now get this, as far as healing happening immediately, you got to understand that's not usually the way a person receives their healing. Hello? In other words, uh, in fact, the Bible tells us in, in, in uh, Mark 16 that we're called to lay hands on the sick 
and they shall recover. Recovering involves a process of time. Did you know that not everybody in the Bible that Jesus ministered to was healed instantly? Some were healed as they went. Did you hear that? Sometimes Jesus had to pray for a person more than once. Isn't that amazing? Well, look at these accounts. The point I'm trying to make is don't get so caught up in the immediately and miss out on God's healing for you. There will be times when sometimes, I mean, I'm telling you, there's going to be times where someone will come forward to be prayed for and they're going to get healed. Just like, I mean, obviously we believe we receive it right away immediately. But it doesn't mean it's going to manifest immediately in this natural realm. But there will be times where something like that happens. Those are glorious times. But I'm gonna, Brother Hagin made this statement. I thought it was so good. I believe this will help you. Healing is by degree based upon the measure of anointing ministered and the measure of faith with which it is received. Did you hear that? He said healing is by degree based upon the measure of anointing ministered and the measure of faith with which it is received. In other words, the minister's faith is a factor. The degree of anointing is a factor. And the person's faith receiving healing is a factor. So there's three parts to the healing equation. I mean, and let's think about it from, from when Jesus healed. Jesus was anointed with the Spirit without measure, right? Bible tells us that. And there was nobody who's ever walked the face of this planet who operated in faith at the level that Jesus did. Jesus said, I always do those things that please the Father, which means he always was walking in faith. Faith is what pleases the Father. Amen. So Jesus had the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, without limit. Jesus was operating at the highest level of faith. So when somebody came to Jesus, first of all, they're coming to Jesus, and they, they believe in Jesus is going to be able to do something, right? They believe he's able to. But once they come to understand that he's willing to, bam, bam, bam. The highest level of anointing, the highest level of operating in faith, and here's somebody coming in, getting over into faith. What's going to happen? People are going to get healed. And in a lot of cases, it happened immediately. It happened immediately. But the point I'm trying to get across is there are going to be some times where you're not going to receive it immediately. Now, my heart as a minister of the gospel, and as somebody that used, I mean, God has used me to lay hands on the sick before, and I've had seen, I've seen some incredible miracles. I've seen some things happen that, glory to God, it was God. There was absolutely, there's no way anybody could say it was anything but God. Amen. But the bottom line is, is I have a responsibility before Almighty God to get so tanked up on Him, to get so full of His Spirit, to have that anointing on my life to such a degree that when I have people come forward to have me lay hands on them, that glory to God, if I can get them stirred up to receive it, to be over in, a, in, in, a, in the realm of faith, operating in faith, that when I lay hands on them, they're going to be healed, we're going to see more and more of that. We're going to see more and more of that. Amen. So don't get caught up in the immediate least. Don't let that hinder your faith. Don't let that stop you. And listen, don't let that stop you from laying hands on people. Always be led by the Spirit of God. But when somebody is dealing with something, and, and a coworker or a, or a friend or whoever, be bold and say, can I pray for you? You know, the, the, the bottom line 
is we're just taking God at his word. Jesus is the one who told us this. We shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, again, as far as the process of time is concerned, I don't know how long it's going to take for the manifestation to occur. I don't care about that. The bottom line is, is I'm going to obey God and do what he's telling me to do, and then I'm going to let the healer take over. Amen. But so the point I'm trying to get across to is this. If, if, if we cannot allow the fact that we're not immediately healed, keep us from continuing to stand in faith until we receive the full manifestation of our healing in our physical bodies. Did you hear that? Do not stop standing in faith. And that's something, again, I could get over to teaching along those lines where faith is concerned. Faith doesn't give up. When you're really operating in faith, my goodness gracious, there's nothing that's going to change you and get you off of that. Why? Because you got God's word on it. That's how you stepped out in faith in the first place. You know he can. You know he will. And because of those two things, I released my faith for that thing, and now I'm not moving off of it. Amen. You know, God wants this church to be blessed, to prosper, to be filled up with people. That's God's will. And I, I know that sometimes I've been coming in here lately, and I'm just going to keep it real. It sometimes is a struggle. I'm like going, I remember God, I remember this, and I remember that. But it's just like I said to uh, Brother Mark the, uh, out there just earlier. That's why the God spoke to me. He was really kind of preparing my heart. When he spoke to me at the, at, at, uh, um, the RMAI meeting over in Cannon uh, uh, um, Beach, thank you. Mark Hankins were there, and I was followed out under the power, and it rose up in my heart. You're just getting started. I'm like, going, God, this is coming up. <laughs> my 10-year anniversary is in two weeks. Coming up on my 10-year anniversary. And he, he said, you're just getting started. And so what, am I, what, what, what was he trying to do? He was trying to help me refocus on what he said to me and what I've stepped out in faith for instead of putting my focus on what I can see. See how I'm saying that? If I look down here, and was ba- living my life based solely on what I can see, the amount of people that are here right now, I would, I'm just keeping it real, I'd pack up my bags and go. I'd sell my house, I'd go to Texas, or something like that. Because th- there's just no way I would be hanging out here. But I'm telling you what, I am a believer, I'm living by faith, and I refuse to be moved off of what God has spoken to my heart. And I believe that what God has spoken to me is coming to pass. I know it. He can make it happen. And I know it's his will for it to happen. And because of those things, ain't nobody can move me off of this. There's nobody can move me off of what he's spoken to me. There's no wind that can blow against me right now and take me off of this. There is no devil in hell can run up and knock me off of this. I'm not going to be moved. Hallelujah. And the same thing is over in the area you know God can, and you know God will, you got it, guys. You're in a position to receive healing into your physical body. Listen, all you got to remind yourself are the words Jesus said to that leper. When he said to him, Lord, I know you can. I just don't know if you will. And Jesus looked at him and said, I am willing to be cleansed. And get this, get this, get this. If Jesus said it then, he's still saying it right now. He's still saying it today. I'm willing to be cleansed. Ooh, don't that just make you happy? 
Doesn't that make you glad you got up and came through that nasty weather to come here to church today? Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm willing. Be cleansed. I am willing. Be cleansed. I am willing. Be cleansed. So when some kind of symptom comes on your your physical body, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and remind yourself, Holy Spirit, I know that I heard that teaching on the leper. And that leper came to Jesus, knowing he could heal him, but didn't know if it was his will. But I know that not only can you heal me, but it is your will to heal me. Because you said to that leper, I am willing. And I know you are willing to heal me too. So I expect to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Woo! Isn't that good news? Doesn't that kind of stir you up? Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anybody in here who needs healing right now? Then come on up here. Hallelujah. Come on up here. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I don't care if you're dealing with anything. You know God can do it. You know he has the power to do it. We saw it over and over and over in the Bible, didn't we? When people came to Jesus, they were healed.